everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of 20 in 20, the rapid fire review show from the New Experimental Hours podcast network. My name is Pat. I am your host. Today, it's Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, 1.36 in the afternoon, and I am broadcasting from my basement in Chicago. I sent the kids to a neighbor's house for a little play date. It's my first time alone in quite some time. Sorry I missed our episode last week with Christmas, Christmas Eve. Uh, pretty busy, lots to do, so I, um, I took a week off, unplanned, but uh, perhaps necessary. I am glad to be back, though. I, I missed you guys. I hope you missed me. And uh, if, it, if you're new to the podcast, I'm going to review 20 things in 20 minutes. I am going to get out a stopwatch. Can you believe I'm going to get out a stopwatch and I'm going to review stuff? Okay, it's not that complicated. It's a normal podcast. Okay, let's get out that stopwatch. Let's get ready to go. Thought came to my mind the other day. When is the right time to stop playing Christmas music? Obviously, you listen to Christmas music all the way up to including on the day of Christmas, but what about the next day? What about the next week? When do you stop? I listen to the Light FM radio station in Chicago that plays the atrocious Christmas music all week and all season, and and you know what? They're already back to their normal programming, and I'm going to take a cue from them, and I'm going to say that Christmas music ends the day after Christmas. A hard stop. The moment it turns midnight on December 26th, no more Christmas music for the rest of the year. You can listen to literally anything else. Why would you keep listening to Christmas music? Frankly, by the time Christmas rolled around this year, I was already off Christmas music and wanting to listen to anything else. So um, that's the 2020 rule. Um, you can choose to follow it or not. And I've noticed in my email on Instagram, even on Twitter, that a lot of brands and a lot of stores are having New Year's sales, post-Christmas sales, Boxing Day sales, 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 end-of-the-season sales, stop with the sales, cut it out. No more sales, no more shopping. Give us a break until at least the new year. It's just a week. At this point, it's like two days. Stop with the sales. Nobody needs them. Nobody needs a pair of pants or a shirt right now. Nobody needs a stupid sweater. Shut up. Put it on sale in like three, four months. Give us a break from the commerce already. Everybody's got freaking COVID. Everybody's miserable. We're trying to make the most of it. Stop rubbing in our faces all of this dumb capitalist bullshit. We don't want it. No more sales. Uh, another thing we don't want as a uh, society, at least I know I don't want it, is uh, NFL football. Let me clarify. I usually like the NFL. I enjoy watching. I do love playing fantasy football, but this year I took the season off. In my opinion, a season that is hampered by COVID is not an official season. It wasn't official in the NBA. It wasn't official in the major leagues. It's definitely not official in the NFL. It is a rubbish season. It's trash, and uh, you can just ignore it. I mean, add to that the uh, rampant turnover in lineups just by COVID and also injury. Add to that the head trauma. Add to that the macho, right-wing, red pill, NFL, bull crap. And you have got a very unappetizing league to watch. 
I am not tuning into the NFL. I haven't watched a minute of the Bears game. When I see someone watching the Bears through their window when I'm outside, it's like looking at aliens. Totally strange. I am out of this year. Maybe I'll come back, but no guarantees. All right. I want to bring to you the 20 and 20 sweatpants rules. Sweatpants rules. A lot of people have been talking about how 2020 is the year of sweatpants. We're all wearing sweatpants 24-7, never changing out of them. Is it true? I don't know. I know I am not wearing sweatpants nearly as much as I suspect others are. You know I like jeans. You know I'm a salvage denim freak. You know I put on a pair of khakis from time to time. I like a structured, formal pant. I like workwear. I don't want to wear sweatpants all the time. So here are the rules. Rule number one, you can wear sweatpants to bed. That's where I wear them. You can wear them in the morning. You can wear them after work. During work hours from, let's say, 8 o'clock through 5, 6 o'clock at night, put on normal pants. Put on real pants. Don't go outside in a pair of sweatpants. Don't go to the store. Are you crazy? You're going to go be seen in public with a pair of sweatpants? Have you given up? No more sweatpants in public. Save it for your private lives. And when you're alone, by all means, go freaking nuts. Go crazy with the sweatpants. Um, you can wear sweatpants to get a flu shot as far as I'm concerned. I don't care what you wear. Whatever it takes, get into the doctor, get your flu shot. I know, this year it's especially tricky. You're afraid you might get COVID at the clinic. We got to mask up. You got to wear PPE. You're afraid, um, why would I get a flu shot if I'm not going anywhere? Well, uh, you are going places. You're going to the store. You're going out on walks. You're going on public transit maybe. You're still at risk for getting the flu. And if you get the flu and you need to be hospitalized, that's one less bed that's going to be available for someone who's got COVID. Who needs it more than you? So get your flu shot. Get inoculated. Develop your immunity. Get that herd immunity up. I have very low expectations for our uh American society in, in this respect, in almost every respect, but especially with regard to flu shots. So do your part. Get the flu shot. Me and the kids got ours a, a week ago, and, and my wife got hers a little while back. I just think it's a smart decision. Another smart decision, eating Smart Start cereal in the morning. <laughs> yes, indeed, folks. Smart Start cereal is a little bit of a tongue twister. It is a Kellogg's product. I, I sound like just a corporate shill. Smart Start cereal. It's it rocks. It's really good. It's it's good for you. It's got uh it's loaded. It's enriched. It's got minerals, vitamins. Uh, it tastes delicious. It's sweet. I don't know what the sugar amount. It's probably got a lot of sugar. Who cares? Uh, I eat like a pig anyway. So Smart Start cereal is the way I like to start every morning. Let me give you a little secret. Kids love it. Peter and Alice are going crazy for Smart Start cereal. They want it like eighty percent of the mornings. And who am I to argue with them? It's got more nutrients in there than the usual junk they eat, and it fills them up. So Smart Start Cereal, salute. Good job, uh, Kellogg's. No thanks to all the people who are putting recipes on the internet. I know this has been talked to death, but I look at a recipe online like every couple days, and every couple days I get frustrated by the same thing. These recipes online read like uh, Moby Dick. They're so long. They're the war and peace of recipes. You get the writer's life story before you even get an ingredient list. How am I supposed to shop? I'm at the store. I'm looking for, like, do I use a serrano pepper or a jalapeno pepper? I got to scroll through uh, a life experience you had when you were 9, which helps explain a life experience you had when you were 12, which helps explain your love for ratatouille. Shut up. 
put the ingredients up at the top, put the uh, directions right below it, and if you want to write a story, by all means, do it on a word processor, submit it to the New Yorker, the Paris Review, maybe there's a life in it for you. If not, keep it in the can and go about uh, go about your, your recipe writing life like it like the old days, okay? Oh man, I'm starting to sound grumpy, so I'm going to talk about something that made me feel kind of good. I watched The Santa Claus on Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus. wow, what a streaming service that is. Uh, Santa Claus was a Tim Allen vehicle from the mid-90s. Back when Tim Allen was at the height of his powers, before he started making a name for himself for the wrong reasons. I can't remember what they are, but um, he's funny. He's magnetic in it. He's really charismatic. The rest of the stat, it's got Judge Reinhold in it, wearing, like, Coogee sweaters. The, um, the plot is rather adorable. There's a lot of jokes aimed right at parents, and there's a lot of jokes aimed at kids. I will say it started slow. But by the time we were 15 minutes deep, the kids were fully into the Santa Claus. It's aged pretty well. It's still charming. There's some weird CGI I'd forgotten about. But if you're in the mood for, well, God, I wrote this list a while ago. Forget about it. Watch it in a year. All right. Santa Claus. My kids have also fallen for the Berenstein Bears. I read a New York Times article about a year ago that claims um, that the Berenstein Bears were sort of misleading. They've... They've developed into a Christian institution, and we all know this is a uh, religion-free podcast, but the uh, it, it must be noted that the Berenstein Bears, they're not Jewish? Everyone thought they were Jewish. Berenstein, okay. Turns out Berenstein is spelled S-T-A-I-N. Uh, Stan and Jan Berenstein were not Jewish. Their son, Mike, who is running the show now, is not Jewish. He's a Christian, and he's proselytizing in the Berenstein Bears books. That being said, they are pretty good. The illustrations are great. Just every so often, the Berenstein Bears pray. And we know prayer is, is uh, not effective, okay? It's scientifically proven not to be effective. If you do it, so be it. It's just kind of a fool's errand. So Berenstein Baron, uh, Bears gets a, uh, a C uh, plus uh, A. Um, gets an A for effort? No, it, I don't know. Let's talk about Cindy Lauper for a second. When my son Peter was born, I was not in Juneau as we had intended. Me and Kathy were in San Jose, California on vacation. Uh, she went into labor, so we had to find the nearest hospital. We ended up um, at a hospital that we were not familiar with. It was our first time there. She gave birth to Peter. And it was a weird and joyful and thrilling and heavily charged experience. And the night after he was born, I got in our rental car and I decided to get us some Thai food to celebrate. We wanted some real food, not hospital food. And I drove to the Thai restaurant and I found the one radio station that wasn't playing junk. And I heard this synth synth part. Do 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 do. It's like it was like from a dream. It was like retro futuristic. And I thought, this sounds amazing. And then the vocals cut in. Okay, who is this person? It sounds a little bit like Cindy Lauper, but I've never heard this song. It was Cindy Lauper's song all through the night, which I had miraculously managed to avoid until that very moment in my life. And it was such a charged moment with Peter just being born. I'm in this new city, going to a restaurant I've never been to, driving a car I've never driven, you know, a father for the second time in my life. And I hear this song that hits me in this strange and beautiful way. I'll never forget it. Now, every time when I hear Cindy Lauper's All Through the Night with its little reggae chorus and that weird synthesizer and the powerful vocal, I get really moved by it. And I think it's a great song, even if that didn't happen to you. So 
Check out Cindy Lauper's All Through the Night. You Maybe you already have. Underrated, overrated, properly rated. Let's go. We're going to talk about Louisiana hot sauce. Um, the first hot sauce is Tabasco. Louisiana's uh, biggest hot sauce is overrated. I like Tabasco. I think it tastes good. I think it's spicy. I just think it's overrated. I've seen it on boxer shorts, on t-shirts, on hats, on backpacks, on on everything. And it's just not that good. It's not worthy of uh, being venerated like that. It is good. It's just not that good. Crystal hot sauce is the, quote, unofficial, unofficial hot sauce of New Orleans. Crystal hot sauce is properly rated. It's delicious. It's cheap. People love it. And for good reason. It's a terrific option. Louisiana brand hot sauce is uh, very, very salty, but it is underrated. It tastes great. I like Louisiana hot sauce. I got a bottle right now I'm working on. It's got good heat, good flavor, a lot of salt, but um, it does the job. And finally, Frank's red hot sauce that you use on wings. I'm going properly rated for Frank's. Very tasty stuff. Yes, very good on wings. And we know this is a meat-free podcast, people. I'm talking vegetarian wings. I'm talking chili. I'm talking chips, hummus. I'm talking pita bread with cucumbers and hummus and sour cream. Put Frank's on that bad boy. Properly rated. Um, Overrated parking in a bike lane. Don't be one of these fools. Um, And I know, I I praised the delivery drivers last week, and now I'm going to have to put them on blast. A lot of the people who are parking in the bike lane, putting on their hazards, they're these delivery drivers uh, delivering food for Grubhub or whatever the hell them, you know, their apps are called. Um, you know, just pull up until you find a parking space. Stop making it unsafe for the bicyclists. I got to veer around you. I'm afraid you're going to door me. I'm afraid someone behind me is not going to slow down. It's not safe. It's not courteous. If you are the kind of person who parks in the bike lane, just stop, do something else, find a parking spot, keep driving. Don't be a jackass. Moral of the story. Got to give a special shout out. I got one or two Christmas gifts this year. I got a couple Christmas gifts this year. Um, One of my Christmas gifts was a belt. I had been needing a new belt. And it came from a small business in Juneau, Alaska called Ewing Dry Goods. Juneau, Alaska, you say, Pat, didn't you used to live in Juneau, Alaska? Correct. I did. I lived there for almost three years. I somehow managed to not meet the man behind Ewing Dry Goods, the leather worker. Uh, I wish I had. and Maybe because I wasn't into salvage jeans at the time, but now that I am, I, I kind of found him through that network. And I got a veg tan belt with a stamp of a mountain scene on it, and it is beautiful. And I can't wait to see how it ages and how that leather changes. I'm not the kind of freak who loves patina and will talk and talk about patina this and patina that. I'm not one of those people, but I do admit that stuff moves me a little bit. So if you see me posting about a belt that's turning a little bit darker shade of brown, don't clown me. That's just what I'm, you know, I love that belt. Ewing Dry Goods. Check them out. They're on Instagram. Uh, Something that needs no introduction and probably needs no more further hype, but I'm going to hype it up anyway. Shit's Creek, Canadian show, uh, comedy show starring Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, Catherine O'Hara. It's hilarious. Um, It is so hyped up. It won a ton of Emmys. Everyone's talking about it from um, boomers to millennials, beyond and before. 
Um, but it's worthy of the hype. It's funny as hell. It's moving. It's touching. Uh, the performances are absolutely hysterical. It's my second trip through the show. I don't usually do this. And I just watched the whole thing like a couple months ago. We're going back. It is lightweight TV. It's got some some powerful themes, but for the most part, you can crush an episode. It doesn't make you feel too strongly except that you're laughing. And that's an important thing in these times. When Kathy comes home from COVID clinic, I'm not throwing out Breaking Bad where I look like a psychopath. I am putting on Shit's Creek and laughing, and it feels good. So that's what's up. And uh, sometimes when we're watching Shit's Creek, I do get a little hungry. I eat dinner at about 5 p.m., so when 9 o'clock rolls around, it's snack time. And something I've been reaching for lately, club crackers. <laughs> club crackers, club brand crackers. I think lots of brands make this style of cracker, but I'm talking the Keebler club crackers in the green box with the little elf. They're rectangles. They're like a light golden brown. They are so buttery and delicious. You can eat them straight out of the package. You can put some cheese on there, some peanut butter. You can crush them up and put them in chili. You can put them in soup. I give them to my kids. They eat them with peanut butter. They munch on them. Everyone's going crazy for club crackers. I bought about four or five boxes at Costco in the multi-pack. I have suspicions that we're not going to be able to finish all those with ease. I think my kids will move on. I think I'll get sick of them. But for the time being, the snack of choice in the Clasa household is Club Crackers. Shout out to Keebler for bringing us uh, uh, that cracker uh, goodness. Goodness. Fuck. Uh, let's talk about music again. Music, my favorite subject. I like the end of the year lists. We all know that. I've said it before. One of my favorite end-of-the-year lists comes courtesy of Resident Advisor. Resident Advisor covers electronic music, all sorts. Techno, house, ambient, acid, I don't know the names. Um, I do think that electronic music, uh, by and large and often, is uh, kind of unnecessary, pointless music that uh, does not deserve to exist, but... Resident Advisor goes ahead and they pick out the best singles. They pick out the best albums. I listen to those playlists and I jam them and I skip around and I see what suits me and then I really hone in on those artists and it's a great way to distill an entire year of a genre that I find mostly impenetrable because it's a lot of 12-inch singles, a lot of 7-inch singles, a lot of loose MP3s and SoundClouds. They distill the year into um, concise playlists. I get to listen to them and... Every December and January in my house, it's like electronic music time. No other music's coming out, so I'm revisiting what came the year before, and it rocks. I love it. So check out Resonant Advisors' best music of the year list. Uh, you know who put out a new record this year? It was Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan put out a new record. I love Bob Dylan. A couple years ago, Bob Dylan won a Nobel Prize in literature, and people were upset about it. They were saying, but he's not a writer. Shouldn't we use this platform this prize to highlight the work of underrepresented writers, writers who have not received their due, writers who are flying under the radar, writers from other countries, writers who may have been persecuted. Okay, yes, but also no. Like it's the Nobel Prize. It's the big one. That there are other prizes that do just that. The Nobel Prize is used to distinguish excellence. The question then is is Bob Dylan a writer? Back in the day, Tin Pan Alley, before that, there were lyricists. They would write out lyrics, and then they would give those lyrics to musicians who would 
adapt the lyrics to the music. And that's how you got so songwriting teams with music and lyrics um, guys. And Bob Dylan is sort of in that tradition. You can read his lyrics like poetry and you can buy a, the collected lyrics of Bob Dylan in book form. And so for that reason, I think it was a little silly to get, uh, to get bent out of shape about Bob Dylan winning a Nobel Prize um, because he is the best lyricist. His lyrics are worthy of reading. His lyrics do continue to inspire me almost every day. So uh, I don't know why I thought about this many years after the fact and why I need to revisit it and rehash it on this podcast, but it is my podcast, and so that's what I'm doing. What do you think of this? Do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm wrong? Let's move on. Diotomaceous earth is a substance uh, made from pulverized marine shells. They take shells, they pulverize them into a dust, almost like a flower or a powder, and you use that diatomaceous earth for various reasons. The number one reason I use diatomaceous earth is I put it in cracks, I put it by doors, I put it under cupboards. It keeps pests away. It keeps ants from coming into your house. You can put it on your dog bed and it'll kill fleas in a natural way. You can put it in your dog's food and it'll take care of the tapeworms and some of the other parasites that live in your dog's gut. You can use diatomaceous earth in cooking if you're so inclined. Another thing I recently purchased, or my, I should say Kathy purchased, that includes diatomaceous earth is a diatomaceous earth bath stone. It's literally like a platform. You step on it after you get out of the shower. It absorbs water so quickly, like the second you step off of it, it appears dry, even though it had been sopping wet before. Really cool invention. Diatomaceous earth is an all-around uh, useful substance to have in your house. I get a little squeeze bottle, and um, I've been doing this for a couple years now. I just felt like passing that on. Another thing I, I find useful is uh, shoveling other people's uh, sidewalks. Yeah. Be a nice neighbor. Go out there with the shovel. Put on your, your hoodie. Put on your boots. Uh, go shovel your neighbor's sidewalks. If you got a, an old neighbor who can't do it, you got someone who is less mobile than you, someone who has a hard time walking, getting around, maybe someone who has been affected by COVID, by job layoffs, be a nice neighbor. Shovel someone's sidewalk. Shovel your own sidewalk so people can pass by with ease. Make sure your gangway is cleared. Make sure your decks are salted. Do the neighborly thing. Get out the shovel. Get out the snowblower. Get out the plow. Take care of the snow. I say this because we had a big snow um, yesterday, first one of the season, and one of my neighbors came through with like a straight-up massive snowblower, even like a riding plow, took care of the entire block, and just did us all a favor. It makes us feel good. and makes us feel cared for. Okay. Last but not least, shout out, can't believe I've never talked about this, El Ranchero Tortilla Chips. If you're from Chicago, you know exactly what I'm talking about. El Milagro Tortilla Chips, you say? No, El Ranchero. El Ranchero Chips. They come in the green bag. Some of them come in a yellow bag or a red bag. They recently redesigned their packaging. It's got a big mascot on the front, like a cowboy. El Ranchero, there's some, uh, there's some rope illustration. It's, they're the best chips. They're so crunchy. They're perfect for dipping. I think that might be their slogan. And they're hard. They're flavorful. I eat them alone without, but I eat them with guacamole, salsa, hummus, chili, you know, taco meat. 
plant-based meat, okay? Meat-free podcast. Come on. Um, so shout out to El Ranchero Chips. Been doing it big uh, for a long, long time, and I am a loyal customer, and I know tons of other people who are. Um, if you haven't given their chips a chance, you owe it to yourself to buy a bag, see what you think, and um, and hopefully uh, throw them some business. You know, gotta show love to the uh, Chicago companies. And that's it. Next time I see you, it'll be a new year. Uh, see you, see you next year, guys. Okay, you, see, you okay? Get it? That's a joke. Um, it's been a pleasure uh, doing twenty for tw- twenty and twenty for you today. And um, next time I see you, it'll be twenty twenty one. End of the uh, the hellscape of a year. We'll see about that. Take care, everyone. See ya. Bye bye. And if you take a pick, I will remember it. At the attic, for a couple of us. At the attic, you can forget life sucks. The attic's the place you want wine, but parking's sometimes hard to find.